Merry Christmas, Mr. Rollins. They were all honorable men, but oh, what deeds could be done in the name of honor. Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. Hello and welcome to the Interzeit of Film, Season 2. I'm your co-host, Rajiv Mishra. And I'm your other co-host, Andy James. And to this season we're discussing uh, films uh, made in New Zealand. They have some sort of New Zealand content, but are foreign market films. And uh, today we're talking about Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. Let's get to it. Bam. This is the N to Z of film. With Andy and Rajiv. And we're back. Okay, so uh, here we are with season two, first episode. Uh, we're going to be discussing a film called Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. And I've got the synopsis here. I'm just going to read this out. <clears throat> In this captivating and skewed World War II drama from Nagisa Oshima, hope that's right, Japanese folk out there. Uh, David Bowie regally embodies Sellers, a British officer interned by the Japanese as a POW. Rock star Ryuchi Sakamoto, who also composed the film's hypnotic score, plays the cap com- captain, camp commander obsessed with the mysterious blonde major, while Tom Conti is the British Lieutenant Colonel Lawrence, who tries to bridge emotional, the emotional and language divides between captor and prisoner. Also featuring Takeshi Kitano in his first dramatic role, Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence is a multi-layered, brutal at times, erotic tale of cultural clash. There you go. Yeah, so that's that's what it was. That's not what I thought it was, and that's not what the synopsis that I read said it was. Oh, right. Let's let's go. What's, what's this? So I found myself very confused with this film. Okay. Um, I think it first started, it's called Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, and the man on all of the promotional material and the cover and the poster is David Bowie. It's David Bowie. Yeah. So I thought he was Lawrence. He's not Lawrence. It's not Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tom Conti. It's who, Tom Conti. So in the synopsis that I read, which is the one on iTunes, uh, was along the lines of, um, so it had the whole uh, underlying homoerotic thing with the camp commander and Bowie, but kind of upped Bowie's role his character more and then was also oh yeah and then there's Lawrence and he speaks Japanese and then there's uh, Takashi Kitano who is a sadistic camp sergeant guy who is, gives is Lawrence a sinister Christmas present <laughs> which is so not true <laughs> that's so an amazing he, synopsis because it makes terrible. It makes it sound like a horror film with weird sexual undertones or something. That's weird. That's entirely what I was expecting. And so then when I actually was watching it, uh, I was, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, it's not that at all. Um, no. It, it's the main character by... is Tom Conti's Lawrence. Well, <laughs> yeah, yes and no. It's a weird, it's it's a weird, it's a, one of those films that defies the... Um, Definition of a leading character, doesn't it? It's a weird, it's a, a weird film. I mean, I'm it, sort of, I'm, I'm giving it to uh, Lawrence because mainly because his name's in the title. Um, <laughs> but it's all, uh, he, and he's he's one of the only characters we follow from the beginning. He's one of the ones we meet in the first scene, all the way to the uh, final scene. 
Oh, look, I'm not. I'm not discounting that. I, I would. I would say that he's like the lead, but but the film spends a great deal of time focusing on Sellers, uh, especially with all that shit about his background we see, like his past. Oh, oh like, God! And oh, so God. I didn't realize he was supposed to be a New Zealander. Okay, so let's talk because about that's... this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so this is a film um, filmed entirely in. Uh, Auckland Studios, uh, New Zealand um, exteriors, and uh, Rarotonga, which where Andrew has spent a lot of his, his life, <laughs> a few no, years of his life. <laughs> good couple of the, good couple of years in Rarotonga. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, the vast majority of the film is shot in Rarotonga because it's all in the prison camp, and the prison camp was built. They actually built the prison. Well, camp. you know they did, but a lot of those interiors, like the offices and stuff, that's all studios and all. Oh yeah, but anyway, yeah, yeah. But anyway, beside the point, Rarotonga is kind of like a New Zealandy sort of place, anyway, isn't it? Um, so it's like that. No, they wouldn't be happy with you saying that. No, they're not. They're not a New Zealand place, but because a lot of New Zealanders over they're there. They're in free association with New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All I, I don't Cook mean Islanders, politically or Rarotonga being the main island of the Cook Islands, all Cook Islanders are New Zealand citizens, so they're sort of. Yeah, that's what I mean. With that, New Zealand, that, that, but they're also right. their own country. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. And at um, this point in 1980, whatever it was, yes. So that's what I mean. Like, I think it, as far as, like, um, the ease of filming over there, they're like, oh, this is a New Zealand, UK, Japanese co-production. They're like, oh, we've got this island that sort of can double for, you know, um, Southeast Asia, and it should be fine. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's real easy. We can get permits to film over there, no problem. So... So there, there's, there's the New Zealand content. But the thing that, the fact that he's, <laughs> I didn't know he was New Zealander. Now, I, I read a lot of reviews. Uh, I, I went into the, the horrible place that is the IMDb um, message <laughs> boards. <laughs> you are a braver man than I. <laughs> and there was a lot of discussion as though, is he a New Zealander? Is he Australian? Is he South African? Okay, so uh, the author is a Dutch guy who's South African called um, Lawrence Van, Van uh, what's his name? Van, Lawrence van der Post, he wrote the original novel, The Seed and the Sower. So the the lead characters played by Tom Conti and both Tom Conti and Dan Bowie are kind of sort of semi-autobiographical, but he's sort of been discredited by a lot of people. A lot of people think he was a fraud and stuff. But anyway, we're not really here to talk about him. But he was South African. Um, and then uh, David Bowie's uh, character, Celius, clearly has a past uh, in New Zealand, very clearly. Uh, well, yeah, so, okay, when we, we're jumping ahead and and I guess, the plot of the film here, but, yes, yeah, so I, because David Bowie's English, I just assumed that character was also English because he's very English. I, I Which I, I think know he, New Zealand kind of was at that time in history. But, yeah. So then when they flash back to his childhood, that's when you see the very obviously New Zealand countryside. Yeah, Again, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. where I was like, oh... <laughs> that so looks like England. That doesn't look like New Zealand at all. There's also another part where he where he ends up. They go go to high school. It's like it's clearly a thirty something David Bowie pretending to be a seventeen year old boy. Doesn't oh yeah, that that whole <laughs> sequence was very strange to me. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. But just just the fact that is he a New Zealander? I, I would say that. It's a, the film doesn't seem to really give a shit um, no. as to where he's from. They're just like they're prisoners of war, uh, of the Allies versus the Japanese. Um, but but it was confusing being a New Zealander myself, going ah, oh, because when I read the synopsis on Wikipedia and they're like, Jack Sally is a rebellious New Zealander with a guilty secret, and I was like, what? Uh, and because in the yeah. movie, they in the movie they're very clearly, oh, he's a British soldier, you know. 
um, Tom Conti's uh, Mr. They Lawrence talk about the like, British. Yeah, yeah, he's all like, oh, he was a great soldier. We knew him back in the day. Like, he was a British soldier, blah, 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 blah. So my, my take on it, if we do need to go into minutiae of the uh, <laughs> the history and continuity of, of these characters, is that he was a New Zealander. He grew up in New Zealand and joined the army and went to England and served in the British, the British troops. Um, there's, like, a lot of contention in the message boards about his hat. <laughs> yes, yeah, well, because the, the, the hat is sort of, it's... <laughs> It's Close. an Australian digger yeah, hat. It's, it's like a, yeah, it's an Australian hat. It's, it's an it's, Anzac hat. But then there's like a lot of people, and this is also Wikipedia, where they were like, actually that hat was worn by British troops in India, and he very clearly stated he served in India. So I was like, okay, so that so that's, oh that seals, that seals the deal going for on. me. <laughs> he's, an, he's an English guy that served in India, and he was captured. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about story-wise, before we get into any thematic stories, is is this thing about uh, his guilt and tormented background. So so he's, his yep. whole deal was like when he was in, in David Bowie's past, like he, he comes to the camp as a rebellious sort of guy. Like he, he comes to the camp and he's sort of quite rebellious and does his sort of thing where he's... He's the uh, Hogan-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sort of kind know, of d- defies The cooler them. king. Yeah. Yeah, I guess kind of um, character. So in his past, though, he was uh, he's sort of atoning kind of for the fact that like he he stands up for people in the camp, and it's the, the film implies that he uh, sort of let his brother get beat up in the school. Like he's kind of like he was very protective of his brother, and his brother was had this great voice, his younger brother, this great singing voice, and because David Bowie sort of let him get beat up through the well, rights he, did, he didn't even get beat up. They just went. Well, oh, they took sing, off his shirt, and he's got to oh, get in the. Take your shirt off and get in this pool of water. And did you notice that he was a humpback? I didn't notice that. Apparently that was a big thing. So was that because, yes, I did. But then I also thought, oh, that's his shoulder blade sticking out weirdly. It's never made. It's never made clear. And apparently reading various synopses and people's reading of the film, they're like, oh, it's so it's so traumatizing that poor young deformed his deformed brother and the fact that he let him get, I don't know, made fun of at the school and stuff. And that's kind of, it's nice. I mean, I'm kind of like, yeah, I get that. He's kind of, he's got a lot of regret in his life. And his, his, the whole deal is that his brother never sings again. And so he's kind of ruined his brother forever by not helping him out. But that's all, um, that's in the film kind of, like it's kind of, I kind of missed a lot of that. I mean, it's kind of. It, it, it also it, comes it, sort of close to the end of the film. Yeah. Close to uh, sure. Celia's sort of involvement in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he doesn't come along until, I don't know, half an hour into the movie. Like, it's, yeah. it's Tom Conti's character at the beginning, but then Celia's kind of becomes a thing. And I guess we're talking about him because it's, it's Bowie. Well, when you talk about Dave Bowie. Um, but the synopsis here on Wikipedia, let me read this out to you and see if this rings true to you because I missed this completely <laughs> while watching the film. <laughs> Seems to me there are a number of different synopses for this film. Yeah, but, but listen to this. So... Um, uh, Salias is, is tormented with guilt for his treatment of his brother in his youth. Um, this is also reflected uh, in the shame felt by Yonoi, um, played by the, the, the same guy that commander. did the music, yeah, yep. Ryuchi Sakamoto, who um, did the awesome music we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but here it says, uh, having been previously posted in Manchuria, he was unable to be in Tokyo with his army comrades uh, the shining young officers of Japan's February 26th incident, a 1936 military coup d'etat. When the coup failed, the young army officers were executed. Yanoi regrets not being able to share their patriotic sacrifice. Now, uh, did you get any of that in the film? No. 
<laughs> no, that's, there was a- that's that's something that if you know of the history, sure you might get because Bowie does refer to him at one point as one of the, the shining young officers, right? Shining young officers or whatever. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. if you're a, you know your World War Two era history, you might go, oh, he ah, I get all right, yeah, but it's not made clear in the film. No, and I'm wondering if that's because they're expecting the audience to be a lot smarter than me, and I'm just a dum-dum. But I just was like, I didn't see that at all. Um, I think also his Batman, which is a weird term, but his like right-hand guy that's all like super yeah, defensive of him. Butler guy. Was all like, was all like, um, do you miss your comrades? And you know, there was a mention of the fact that he wasn't in Japan at a certain time, and I was kind of like, I wonder what that's all about. And so they're obviously referencing this, but. Like I didn't, it, I didn't get that played into his guilt. Like you know that whole his whole weird character. I, was like, I didn't get that at all. Like I just thought he was a crazy guy. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, his character did just come off as kind of a loose unit. Well, it's it's clear that he's got he's a latent homosexual. Like in that, his complete and utter. Um, There's yeah, he has a, a, a an infatuation with yeah. uh, Bowie's Sellers. That's right, um, and at the end, when like he, from the get go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's in the. I mean, the cinematography in this film is great. I love the cinematography, and there's that awesome scene in the um, courtroom. So he, so he's like the camp commander, but he gets called away to go to wherever it is to go to this trial of a of a British soldier who's causing yep. trouble, which is David Bowie's character. And in that trial, they are questioning him, and David Bowie's making this, telling the story about how he was captured. Um, he had a four four man crew, and he was captured and tortured and. And, and they were finding the Japanese are finding him very frustrating because he's kind of answering their questions in a glib way, but because he's but like also he's they're they're wanting him to give up. Yeah, they're wanting him to give up. They're wanting to say you're a gorilla and you're not very good, so we're gonna kill you. Yeah, and you trained up all these people, and who are the people you trained yeah. up? And he's like, I didn't do that. But um, but there's a great shot in that scene where where um where Captain Yanoi is seeing him for the first time, and it's this pushing that just goes for ages. And when it started, I was like, what's going on? And uh, and the music, um, his own music k- kicks in at that point, and it's awesome. And it sort of just it keeps pushing it like over David Bowie's shoulder, like all the way to his face, and he's staring. And he's not at this point. He's not asking any questions. He's sort of listening. no. He's just kind of staring at him. Yeah, yeah, and it's like I was just like, oh, what's going on? And then, and then he questions him, and and he's all like, I believe this man, and I'm like, and I, you know, and that's the beginning. I'm like, oh, he's gonna, he's gonna help Bowie out in his uh, his troubles. Like he's gonna be an understanding prison guard, and Bowie's gonna be like treated well by him. But it's not the case. Like, no, I, I, no, and it's it's sort of it's it's I don't know. I found myself at a remove from this film quite a lot. Um, I yeah. think because I kept recognizing things, but they didn't play out. I guess how I've you know been trained for them to play out. Like so, Bowie comes in as the rebellious um, POW who's going to change things up in the camp, but then he yeah. doesn't really do a lot. He no, sneaks some food for the for sick, the sick, um, sick guys and intervenes when. Uh, Yanoi goes full mental. That's right. Yeah. And at the end, but totally that's kind of yeah. the end of his rebelliousness. Like there's there's a half-hearted kind of escape attempt. Yeah, 
and I think you know what I think is the reason for that. Uh, and I and I I felt the same watching. I'm like, there's something that's not connecting for me. Mm. And I think it's I think it's got to do with the performance types. And uh, I'm going to be this nerdy guy again that quotes um, Roger Ebert. And um, he in his review he goes. Um, you know, he talks about the, the contrast between the Japanese um, military and the and the Allied military, and how one is uh, the Japanese military is seen as pragmatic, and the uh, Allied military is seen as patriotic. And they're like, you know, they're all talking about like when the war's over, everything will be fine, and we'll, we'll be. The I think leaders. it's more the other way around. Oh, sorry, no, that's sorry, I mean it's the other the, way around. The, yeah, 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 the Japanese are very patriotic, and they're willing to die for the emperor and all this. And the, yeah, 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 yeah. The Allies are well, we're just going to hang out. And do our best and get yeah, through. Yeah, wait for it all um, to blow over. Yeah, but then after that point, he's all uh, Roger Ebert's sort of um, talks about the different yeah performance styles of them. Did you read that review too? Yeah, so you yeah. know the so he says he says the, Western, the British tradition suggests that you know, being their natural naturalist. Yeah, he says he says the actors should behave as if they are real people, real situations. The Japanese tend towards more overwrought acting style. Screams, grimaces, histrionics, and terminizations. Now, I think that's a little bit. Look, I, I don't think I, that fully scans. No, really. I, no, I think it's correct, but I think that uh, the way he's using this term seems derogatory. I, th- I would argue that um, Eastern Eastern theatrical cinema has a history of Eastern theatre, uh, which is all. Um, what's the word I'm trying to get? Is um, bigger, uh, bigger, big emotions, big. Um, emotions kind of more melodramatic uh, is the term I'm trying to use. Uh, it, it, no, I don't know. Maybe melodramatic, no, but like the the emotions come out in the actions. No, no, mel- melodrama is the correct term. Uh, Eastern Eastern melodrama. It's like you know the the, the theory of, uh, of of Eastern cinema and Eastern theatrics is like it's all over Eastern. It's all over that. Like like sure, you sure, see sure. any any you see any um, Bollywood film like there's got to be a scene of people crying and huge emotional outbursts. You see any Japanese film like it's all about. Emotion. It's all about that big stuff, uh, which is fine, and I love that stuff. I actually really love it. But I do think it creates a disconnect in the film. I really do wonder if, like, you know, like we have these actors and they're sort of acting very British, and then the Japanese thing is real big. And I wonder if something is being lost in the translation. Where the Jap- what, what I wonder what a what a traditional Japanese viewer thinks of this film. But then, um, Takashi is sort of. Um, I think he's not as histrionic, if that's the word, as uh, Yanoi. He's very much more subdued and seems very much more natural. He he is, but but I mean not really. I mean, what about what about the opening scene? Which I, I think the opening scene is great, where he's all like beating that guy up because he was sodomized by the other Japanese soldier. He's pretty big. He's pretty big there. He's pretty yelling. Yeah, he goes pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, and, and then at the <laughs> that was that was um yeah that was a strange. Uh, scene for me to watch um, because one it was kind of very wait what's going on um, but also oh I know that place I've <laughs> sat there and had lunch before <laughs> that's right nice you know, Korean man gets beaten up um, that's right yeah, yeah. and that's the uh, the only New Zealand actor in the entire film that has a major role and that was um, Alistair Browning who um, is in lots of lots of New Zealand things he's a great, he's a great actor but he plays a Dutch guy for whatever reason <laughs> <laughs> Why just gonna sure. be but then he goes full crazy as well. He gets, has nightmares or whatever in the hospital, which, sure, okay. But then when the Korean guy does his ritual suicide, yeah, um, which the 
Allied forces are uh, forced to watch. He keels over and dies. Uh, yeah, he just, well, he cuts his tongue. He he butts his own tongue off and then and then dies. dies. Yeah, I think that he was supposed to be in love with him. I'm not sure. the 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 <sighs> the um the homoerotic stuff is 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 strange in this film. Um, well, and I mean, so okay, let's talk about with Yenoi. So he's got this attraction. A strange kind of whatever it is drawing him to Salia's, hmm. but it, so far as I'm concerned, it's never reciprocated. No, by Salia's. No. I don't know whether Salia's is. It's it's interesting. Like I read a few reviews. They're like, oh yeah, he's totally a gay dude. I'm like, is he? I don't know whether that's necessarily in the film that I'm watching. Um, I think you could possibly read it as such, but it's very subtextual text. You know, he talks about he's a he was a thirty-two year old bachelor or whatever, which I guess for that time, it's generally not. You, it's, you'd be married and blah 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 blah. But it's it's, it's very a, like it's way 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 down in the text. Yeah, it's it's a weird one because they're because they have an antagonistic relationship because he's a prisoner and the guy is like the head of the prison, so it's kind of a weird. Yeah, it's and never he wants him. He wants he wants Boe as the. Um, as the new representative of the prisoners, yeah, he does, and and it's a weird one because because the homosexual thing like comes in so many other times, like the the weird New Zealand actor Elsa Browning's character who's Dutch and the Korean guard briefly, and then and then um, uh, Tom Conti's Mr. Lawrence has this weird exchange with Takeshi Katana's um, Sergeant Hara where he talks about like well, I'm not afraid of homosexuality, and then <laughs> it's like this weird moment where like what what are they talking about? What's going on here? Why are they talking about gay stuff? I don't quite understand it, where he's trying to um, protect oh. Alistair Browning's character, and they have yeah. this weird, this strange exchange. I'm just saying it, it doesn't go strange. Yeah, it, it's it's weird because it made me think of a film I saw earlier last year called um, King Rat, um, which is a British, no American um, World War Two film starring um, George Siegel and James Fox and uh, Demihel Elliott from uh, from um, Indiana Jones, which was like. A World War Two prison drama set in Southeast Asia, similar ideas, and you know the homosexual subtext was really in there. Like it was fully in there. Like his character was real matey with James Fox, and it was like you know there wasn't any kissing or anything, but you could clearly see that it was a, a, a important part of the film. And I was kind of like, I felt like that sort of a film, because they were both prisoners, it kind of makes it easier to do it. I think what what they were trying to do in Mr. Lawrence, it didn't necessarily work because you couldn't see. I'm not saying it has to be overt and it had to be kissing, but it's kind of like, well, one, one of them's... They kind of hate each other, essentially, don't they? <laughs> well, they're on opposing sides. Yeah, I, yeah, so I don't know what, you know, his sort of end game plan was. So he, he because he's butting heads with the current um, commander of the prisoners, the current, you know, yeah. allied yeah, yeah. guy who's who's sort of top dog of the prisoners he's wanting information Amazing um, and always wanting information and he's telling him to get stuffed basically he's not going to give any, any information mm. to the to the Japanese enemy and so he wants to so Yanoi wants to then replace him with him David Bowie's with character David Bowie's character because I don't know he likes maybe, him? Maybe he, maybe, he, maybe he feels he'd be more pliable. I'm not sure. I, I think it's just because he likes him. I don't think he's thinking about it. I think he has an infatuation and he wants him to be around him all the time. Which yeah. Is like, uh, and then he eats a flower and then they discover a radio. 
Um, <laughs> plot, and plot, it, plot. I, um, <laughs> That's the plot of the film. He eats a flower yep. and there's a radio. <laughs> there we go. That's a new synopsis. Yeah. David yeah. Bowie stars as Sellers, man who eats a flower and then is accused of smuggling in a radio. And so the so then Sellers and um, Lawrence are charged with bringing the radio in because, yeah, why not? Um, and are set to be executed. But then uh, Takashi gets drunk, drunk on Christmas Eve and, <laughs> and sets them like, free. And is all like, oh, yeah, you guys can go. And then Captain Yano is all like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah, and so <laughs> it was a Japanese soldier that, or a, was it a, a Korean? It was a camp um That was the Batman. Whatever brought the radio in. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was never explained. That was kind of like throwaway. No, I, I guess it's just like film, a complete red herring. I guess the filmmakers are like, oh, that, none of that matters. It's all about the emotion of what happens after that point, which is what they're going for. But it just, it's weird. I read a lot of reviews that were like, oh, this is a really great World War II prison of war drama. And I'm like, I'm not sure if that's true. I don't really feel like it did anything that showed what being a prisoner of war is like. I think it was, a, I, I mean, I quite liked the characters, but I thought that was a character piece as opposed to a World War Two prison drama, right? Mm. Maybe that's it. It's it's not your. It's certainly not your your Great Escape or, um, no, anything like that. I mean, the Great Escape is is, is escapist drama. Although, yeah. although no, I mean it, it it is good because they all die in the end. It's it's a it's pretty down. <laughs> it's pretty downbeat. <laughs> It's good because they all die in the end. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not like a yay gung ho go America sort of thing. Um, no, it's quite it's um, kind of realistic. But I felt like a movie like I keep going to this movie King Rat because I'd never seen it before and it was amazing. That that really showed the horrors of being a prisoner of war. I don't know whether this film showed the horrors of being a prisoner of war that much. Not really. I don't know that it was meant to be showing the horrors of being a POW. No, that's what I mean. Like that's what I'm saying when people just, say yeah. this is a really great World War Two prisoner war drama. I'm like, is it? Isn't it just a good kind of film if you're into this sort of character stuff? Yeah, it's more a character piece set in a World War Two POW camp. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's a, it's an interesting it just film. Didn't didn't really work for me. I kind of felt like I kept trying to I kept trying to approach it, but I just kept bouncing off. Yeah, it's funny because I I kind of I kind of like it uh, in a weird way. I don't necessarily think it works 100%. I, I was really, I really wanted to get behind it because I read so many people that, I see so many reviews that are like, this is a fantastic piece of work. And I'm like, I don't know whether that's the case. I, I think it's good. Um, I think t- I, I, David Bowie is, is interesting for me in, in the film because I quite like his character, what he's doing with it. But I don't think, I think he sticks out like a sore thumb because I don't think he's one of those actors that can disappear into roles. Like whatever he's in, he's David Bowie, right? Like a little bit, probably, and yeah. I mean, just just with the look of him, you're like, there's something, yeah, contemporary I mean, about him. At, at contemporary all and sort of otherworldly. Yeah, he's never gonna is, be like you. Never, I never believed him as like World War Two guy. I'm like, that's a dude from the 1980s, who's been popped into this past scenario. He's a time traveler. He's a weird ethereal being. Um, <laughs> And it's an interesting choice because the two guys, the two leads, essentially, well, I mean, we've barely talked about Tom Conti, <laughs> even though you said he was the lead character, um, uh, are both well, sort he, of ro- uh, rock stars. Yeah. They're both rock stars. Well, so, okay, then quickly get on to Tom Conti's Mr. Lawrence of the title. Um, he's kind of uh, quite the more fascinating character almost to me because he's he's trying to bridge those 
that east and west divide. He speaks Japanese, although Conti apparently didn't, and just learned his lines phonetically. But he did indeed. Yeah, he's he's trying to reconcile the two very very different cultures in the way that they approach war and life and such. I guess. Um, so that's a fascinating struggle to me. And then I quite liked the little coda at the end with him uh, now free <laughs> and Takashi as the, as the prisoner. prisoner. Yeah. But then the, the thing that let that, they bring in Celia's and Yenoi. It's like, I don't care. Oh, they went off and died. Oh, okay. But they talk about them. We don't off see screen. Do we see them? No. Yeah, they talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. It's... it's uh... The whole thing is weird because I, I feel like it's a push and pull between these two. Like, it's kind of two different films, and they don't necessarily marry together very well to make a, a whole film. Like, they're 0.5 of a film each. Like, the, the Takeshi yeah, and um, Colonel and John Lawrence character are their own film. Because they do have a weird, interesting push and pull where you're like, and, you know, when and you. Yeah, so um, the Takashi character as well, which in my synopsis was described as sadistic and gives Lawrence a sinister Christmas present um, wasn't necessarily sadistic I mean he wasn't always a very nice person I think he was a simple minded soldier who was following orders I don't think he was necessarily sadistic I think that's just the way he was ordered to do stuff and he decided or you know, know when he when he did not report stuff or whatever it wasn't a huge thing he wasn't trying to undermine Ganoi or no anything to you know really put the screws on the prisoners or anything like that he was just doing yeah. doing a basic job really yeah i mean he he's i mean he's sadistic in the sense that when we open the film he's all like i want you to fucking fuck this guy in the ass in front of everyone and be yeah dick. and but then and everything from there is well he never got to that level of weirdness ever again in the rest no. of the film <laughs> it's kind of like you know, when when I when that opening scene happened, I was like, "Oh, cool! Oh, this is a oh, he's cool. going to be like, it's going to be like a push and pull, and yeah, yeah, Lawrence yeah. is going to be and try to uh, bridge the east and west gap, but he's going to be stymied by um, his mate slash tormentor, who's going to but I think be I doing think this crazy is... sadistic stuff. But then no, yeah, I mean, all this stuff sort of I think plays back into the fact that me and you are genre guys, and this is not a genre film, even though I enjoyed it. I thought the film was good, but it had issues with it. I mean. Yeah, he's going to be the sadistic guy, and he never is. I mean, the the, the literally the next scene we see him in is he's sitting there eating, and I think Tom Conti's uh, Mr. Lawrence comes up, and he's all like, "Oh, you need to help me provide protection for this Dutch guy that you tried to get fucked in the ass in the first scene," and he's all yeah, like, smiley, then, smile, smile. Then <laughs> um, they're, yeah, they're like then they're kind of like sneaking around the darkened yeah. hospital room, kind of like two naughty boys out of school. Yeah, I know, and he's like, "Oh, where is he? Oh, he's over here," and it's just like, "What?" Yeah, so that was. That was a weird. That was weird to me. Um, I, I also want to note that I, I have I have in front of me uh, all the actors and the things they've done, and I've written Takeshi uh, Arrow, awesome exclamation mark because yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's like his first film and uh, his first uh, speaking role in a film, and uh, he's awesome. I mean, he went on to make like all those cool things like Violent Cop and Zadoichi, the Blind Assassin, and whatnot. Uh, and as a side note, he's currently in New Zealand right now filming Ghost in the Shell. Oh, is, what? He's in that? <laughs> he is in that, yeah. Oh, I actually got to see some. Well. I, wor- I worked on it. I, I signed non-disclosure agreements, so they're going to come get for me. But he was awesome in the scenes I saw him in. He was a cool dude. He, um, were any of his scenes filmed in New Zealand? Or was he, he was always at the prison camp, so he was always on um, 
Well, I think that no, I think that final scene was at a um, that final scene where he's in the prison cell. That's that's Auckland. That's a, either a studio or that's that that building was oh that yes, prison of course, yeah, 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 yeah. Auckland. Yeah, yeah. They d- didn't have a prison or anything like that in Raro. No, no, and I I, mean, I think I think anything in like um, Captain Yano's office that's that's a studio, isn't it? That wouldn't have been built in Raro. Pretty I sure. don't know. Apparently, they built a whole prison camp. They did. I don't know. Yeah, and David Bowie makes note of that. Like he was all like, "Oh, we haven't used corners of it. it." Was weird. But in the finished film, you could feel the camp there quite definitely. I don't necessarily know if that's true. There were no big, grand, epic, sweeping shots of the camp. No, uh, but I, I, I guess you kind of. I think it helped feel that there was a whole thing there. It did. It didn't feel like a set or a construction or anything. Definitely no. felt like a weird camp in the middle of the. Well, in the middle of the Pacific, but Southeast Asia. Right, right. Uh, what are we, we? We should probably start wrapping this up, I guess. Um, is he? What else did you want to talk about? Uh, no, no, nothing much really. I think it's yeah, it was interesting to see a film shot in Raro um, after living there and recognizing the mountains and the bay and right the church. Oh, I, I was like, oh, I've been to that church. <laughs> I, I wanted to I know those mission. mountains. I wanted to make mention of the director. We didn't really talk about him at all, but he was um, a Japanese guy, Nagasia um, Oshima, uh, who was famous for making um, In the Realm of the Senses in the 70s, uh, which is probably his most famous film, which I still haven't seen. I should get around to seeing Neither. it. But like, um, that was uh, heavily censored because of the unsimulated sex he had in the films. And, and like, I thought it was interesting, though. It was just trivia. He had to send off the rushes to France in order to get them get around the Japanese senses and stuff like that. So he's, he's, he's an interesting filmmaker. So, you know, I, I was reading about him before I saw the film, and I was like, oh, this is going to be an interesting film. And it was interesting, but it didn't necessarily fire on all cylinders for me. I thought it was No, it didn't. I mismatch. Couldn't, couldn't connect um, to it. Yeah. I also read that Salias was fashioned after Peter O'Toole's Lawrence of Arabia. I was like, really? <laughs> it didn't seem very Lawrence of arabia to me. No, that's weird with... Um Tom Conti being Mr. Lawrence. That's right. That was weird. Um, bunch of awards won a BAFTA for best of score because it is a great score. We didn't talk about it very much, but it's a great score. An electronic score that I think really works. Um, I don't know whether you yeah, think it didn't, that. Yeah, it didn't seem jarring, which was uh, interesting for a sort of period film. Yeah. And in the, the awards of the Japanese Academy, it won the most popular film, but did not win the best film. Oh. <laughs> it won best film. Uh, I don't know. I didn't look it up, but no. and it was nominated for a Palme d'Or, so it was it's it's highly regarded. What, no matter what we think of it, you know, if there are people out well, there that haven't the seen it, Criterion probably, Collection, it is, and and I would recommend watching it. It's interesting, you know. I don't think it's a failure. It's interesting to watch. It's just not a hundred percent. What's the word? It doesn't it doesn't connect a hundred percent with me. No, neither. I yeah, like I said, I found myself bouncing off it and just couldn't, uh, especially with the character pace. You need to have some sort of connection uh, to yeah. it, but just couldn't. Yeah. All right. I think I'm done. I, uh, I would, my conclusion is that I enjoyed it, but it didn't work 100%. Yep, I think I would agree with that. Um, you know, but great cinematography and Rarotonga, I don't think, has had another film production, certainly of anything near that scale. Um, so right. at least it's had some of it on film. Right, right, right. All right. Well, that well, that's it for our first episode. Um, you can find me at Rajivfilm, R A J E E V F I L M, and you can find me uh, at Andy James underscore Ink Ink with a K. It's clever, you see. Um, and we'll be cool. back next week 
We haven't decided what, what it's going to be, but yeah, we'll see you guys soon. Cheerio.